Well, good morning. My name is Aubrey Spears, and I'm one of the pastors here at the Church of the Incarnation. If you have access to a Bible, I would like to ask you to find our scripture reading from Hebrews this morning. The book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. If you need to use your table of contents, feel free to do that. The Bible is quite a large and complicated book, and it can take a long time to get familiar with it. So, um, the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12. Now, this part of the Bible, in this part we call Hebrews, it was written originally in order to be read aloud in a particular group of churches. It was a sermon that was written down and sent to a church. And it was a church, the church it was sent to, that was filled with people who for some time had been living the Christian life. They had been living as countercultural people, as Christians, for year after year after year. And they were tired of it. They were tired of their religion. They were tired of trying to live the Christian life every day. They were tired of trying to follow Jesus in every aspect of, his, of their life. So notice Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, at the end of verse 1, notice what it says. Let us run with endurance the race that's set out for us. This is something that we need to hear today for two reasons. First of all, some of us are already tired of Christianity. And second of all, we're just beginning a really long road. There's a really long road in front of us, and a lot of us, frankly speaking, are going to get tired. Tired of the demands and the requirements and the pressure of Christianity as the days ahead come to us. So first of all, this first kind of tiredness I've talked of, talked of, there are many people who are already tired of Christianity. We're entering the pandemic and we already have faith fatigue. You were raised a Christian or you became a Christian at some point in the past and you're already quietly slipping away from the faith. It can be hard to be a Christian, to really believe that Jesus is truly God and that he left the heavenly realm and traveled down into the muck and the mire of human history in order to rescue us from sin, that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay for our sins, to conquer evil and death and to open the door to the new creation. And to really believe that it's through a personal relationship with Jesus. That that is the way our sins are actually dealt with. They're actually forgiven. That we are reconciled to our creator and to ourselves and to our neighbors and our family. And to this environment. And it's, and it's by believing in that and entering into that relationship with Jesus that we are given everlasting life. This can be hard to believe. It can, be, it can be hard to believe. And living with doubt for a long time 
saps our spiritual energy. When doubts continually nag us, it drains our faith away like a slow leak in a bicycle tire. And one day you wake up and your faith is flat and there's nothing left. But it's not only the struggle with doubt that can give us religious fatigue. It's also the difficulty of the practice of Christianity. When you go for it, when you really go for it over and over, day in and day out, it can wear you out. Constantly having to choose different music than your friends. Different movies, different language, different beliefs, a different schedule on the weekend. Giving 10% of your income to the church. Income that we could use for so many other things. Fighting over and over against your selfishness or your workaholic tendencies or your laziness or your anger or your impatience. There's so much about being a Christian that can be so exhausting. And this call to endurance in Hebrews chapter 12, this call to persevere is something we need to hear right now, all of us, whether you're entering the pandemic already tired, already having a hard time with the Christian faith, or you're fine now, you're entering it good and strong, realizing that there is a very serious possibility that what we're going to need to do to fight the coronavirus pandemic is going to require so much of us, so much sacrifice for those who want to enter the pandemic truly in a Christian way. It's going to require so much sacrifice over such a long period of time in order to really love our neighbors like Jesus would love their neighbor, his neighbor, the way Jesus is calling us to, that really doing that is going to last so long and cost so much, it is going to wear us out. And so here at the front end of the pandemic, we need to hear God calling us to run with endurance the race that is set out before us. But how? How do we do that? How do we rise up and keep going in the Christian faith when we're tired? Well, our passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, gives us three practical, concrete steps to persevering. Number one, we're told, pay closer attention to what you hear than what you see. Let me explain. Notice the beginning of the passage. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. We're surrounded by this long line of people in history and around the world for whom it was very difficult to be faithful to God. And yet they were. People have run the hard race of Christianity before and they've run it, run it well and we cannot see them, but we hear about them. 
Hebrews chapter 11 is filled with examples of all these heroes and heroines of the faith who were out of tune with their families and their society and their culture, but they had loyalty to Jesus and, and they had endurance and they show us, they bear witness to us that the life of faith is possible when it's hard. And when you get tired, You need to see them in your imagination when you can't see them with your eyes. And that's the trick. They really are surrounding us, but we can't see them. What we see when we look around the world today does not support the claims of Christianity. Christianity claims that Jesus reigns over everything. He has won the victory over death and disease and evil. And we... It claims that we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, but when you open your eyes and look, you cannot see the victory of Jesus and you cannot see the witnesses. All you can see when you look around today is war and death and abuse and greed and sickness and suffering. And if you base your Christian faith on what you see, on what you feel, then all you see and feel are the death and the suffering, and then doubt bleeds your faith away. What's the use of Christianity? It doesn't seem to be working when I look around me. And so when what we see begins to get to us, to discourage us, to drain you of Christian faith, and you feel yourself losing heart and falling away from Christ. Here's the trick. The Christian faith is based not on what we see and feel, but on what we hear. This is what I mean. What we hear with our ears needs to be, in moments like this, more important than what we see with our eyes. When you look around you at this world, you see one thing. When you listen to the Bible, to the church, to sermons, to the creed, to the gospel, you hear something else. You hear something you can't see. And for many people who are growing tired in faith, there are times in life when the truth cannot be seen or felt. It can only be heard. And so Hebrews in chapter 2 verse 1 says, We must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. Let me illustrate it this way. Imagine a prisoner of war who is being held in a cruel concentration camp is being marched one day past the guardhouse and he manages to overhear a few seconds of a radio broadcast announcing that the war is over, that the enemy has surrendered, and the captors have been defeated. Now in that moment, this prisoner looks around and all he sees is despair. And suffering and barbed wire and captivity. But he heard something else. He heard something life-changing. He heard something that he can't see. 
he heard about an unseen victory that radically changes everything about the way he looks at reality. The gospel that we're told about in scripture, in worship, from our pastors and our teachers and friends and parents and mentors, it tells us the truth. We see the world, but we hear the gospel. We see evidence about, against Christianity. We feel evidence against Christianity. But we hear with our ears another thing. We hear about all of these people who have lived the Christian faith with faithfulness all the way to the end when it was very difficult. We hear that they are surrounding us and cheering us on and they made it. We see them in our imagination when we can't see them with our eyes and so we must pay closer attention to what we have heard than what we can see or we will drift away from the faith. That's the first practical thing. The second one We're told about in the middle of verse 1. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. If we're going to make it to the end of the race, we must know that sin, our sin, is our enemy. Sin drains spiritual Energy, whatever sin you're putting up with, whatever sin you're doing and getting away with, it will keep you from finishing the race. Excessive worry, resentments at other people, secret greed and lust, attachment to the world, harmful anger, lukewarm faith, preoccupation with self importance. These are things that when we try to be Christians, And at the same time, we indulge in and we tolerate sin. It will wear us out spiritually. You will wake up one day and you don't believe anymore. Sin leads to doubt. Sin drains faith away. For a while, we get away with it. We believe in Jesus and we... Enjoy sin at the same time. It works for a while. But sooner or later, sin has an effect. It affects us like the slow leak in the tire of your bicycle. Faith leaks through sin. And after a while, it's hard to believe. And it's hard to keep going as a Christian. I'm not saying all doubt is because of sin. And I'm not saying that everyone who doubts, it's because there's sin in their life. But I'm saying all sin leads to doubt. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with people over the past 25 years of being a minister. I can't tell you how many times I've sat with people who are desperately struggling with Christianity. They are filled with doubt. They are falling away. And sooner or later I find out they've been living in sin. Sin leaks faith. That's why in this passage on perseverance, it says, if you're going to endure, if you're going to make it to the end, you've got to lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. You've got to really do this. Don't put it off any longer. Third, the third thing we've got to do if we're going to make it to the end, keep your eyes on Jesus. 
Look at verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. See, the third practical step to running the race with endurance is we have to focus, really focus our attention on Jesus. You have to concentrate on Jesus. He's there in the center of this cloud of witnesses. He's waiting at the end of the race to greet you himself. Jesus ran the course before us. In fact, he pioneered the course. And our job is to follow in his steps He made it across the finishing line and his encouragement and the thought of his welcome and congratulations when we endure, when we persevere. This is a deep motivation for those who make it. Now, what does it mean to look to Jesus, to consider him? Well, it means several things in practical terms. First of all, looking to Jesus and considering Jesus means Looking for his approval. It means you live for God's approval. At every level of your being. It means you actually think with regard to your behavior. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus approve of? Your thoughts. What would Jesus think about them? Would he approve of your thoughts? What about your desires? You, 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 you do battle against the desires that you know he wouldn't approve of. You make Jesus' approval the thing you live for. You care more about what he thinks than about what your friends think or your boss thinks or your parents think or your children think or your siblings or your lover. And another thing. Looking to Jesus in practical terms means you learn to see him as the ultimate example of endurance. When you're feeling tired of Christianity, when when the price of following God's way feels too high, when it's too difficult, when it's much easier to not believe or to not practice the Christian faith, when that is the case, Focus your attention on what you've heard about Jesus. He endured the cross. He didn't rise above the cross. He endured it. And now it's our turn. And your cross may be doubt. And your, or your cross may be you're tired of the demands of Christianity. Or your cross might be the the kind of suffering that comes from holding in your own heart the suffering of the world. Think about what Jesus went through when he was being crucified. And that he made it and he set the example. And because he did, as you concentrate your attention on him, grace will flow to you. How did he make it? Well, it says in the middle of verse 2, he concentrated his attention on the joy set before him. And this is what he did through the long, exhausting ordeal of crucifixion. This is how he endured and despised the shame. When you feel yourself in the days ahead, slipping from the faith, you must remind yourself continually 
of the one who blazed the trail of faith in the first place. And you must think about how much worse it was for him. And here's the deal. So often in the Christian faith, reminding yourself of truth instead of trying to conjure up feelings of faith, so often in the Christian life, reminding yourself of what's true is the way you keep going. Now, how do you remind yourself of what's true about Jesus? It's really simple. You read the Bible. You pray. You talk about what Jesus did and who he is with your friends and your family and your church. You find ways to remember it throughout the day. This is one of the gifts I've rediscovered over the past few weeks of, of Christian music. For all of the flaws of a lot of contemporary Christian music, one of its gifts to us is that it reminds us over and over and over about Jesus. One last thing it means to look to Jesus. It means you actively trust in God. When you don't feel like it's true, you are totally depending on him. You are completely attuned to his will. You give him your attention every day, all day, through the day. You fix your attention on him. So whether you're tired already spiritually or in the days and weeks ahead you grow tired, remember these three really practical things. What you hear in the Bible is more true than what your eyes are telling you. Number two, deal with your sin. Don't tolerate it. Don't put up with it. It's a threat to you finishing the race. And number three, find practical, concrete ways all day, every day, throughout the day, to fix your attention on Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.